and welcome to Die Hard on a Podcast, episode 40. I'm getting it right this time. It's definitely episode 40. We've put down 40 of these bad boys. <laughs> well, we'll find like 45, but there's like, yeah, there's probably, like four or five lost ones. Yeah, there's there's actually quite a few lost episodes due to my um, half-assed uh, skills at technology. Like, <laughs> it's so funny at work. Uh, everybody thinks of me as I'm like the computer guy, you know, like I'm the genius that comes to, that they come to like, oh, fix your computer. And I'm like, you know, on the scale of like one to 10 of computer skills, I'm like, like three, maybe four. But since you guys are all ones, <laughs> I seem like I'm a genius. <laughs> what's, what's like with this, with the podcast is like, well, we don't want to spend any money. So we just, yeah. we, we just use what we have. Yeah. We're like, well, you know, we probably could make a nice like recording computer and set up a little recording room and all that, <laughs> but that would require money that we don't really have. Um, so we'll just yes. make do. And that's kind of the, the beauty of uh, the modern world and the internet, in my opinion, is that you don't really have to have any money or, I mean, now to make it good, you still have to make, you know, use money and, and time and everything, but to get it out there, you don't need that like you used to. So I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I think we embrace our, <laughs> our our DIY, no money ethics. So. Yeah, for sure. We definitely embody that um, big time. <laughs> and this week, this week we're doing the actual original iconic film Die Hard and uh, Demolition University, which I screwed up. I'll tell you right now, I screwed up in two ways with Demolition U. First, I watched... Uh, Die Hard and Demolition U back to back, and I watched Die Hard first, and then <laughs> yes. then Demolition U, which was a big mistake because, you know, uh, when you watch like the iconic film that like pretty much started the whole genre, and then you mm. watch Demolition University, it's kind of like wow. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then second, I tried to compare Demolition University to Demolition High. And I was like, Ooh. ah, man, <laughs> you know, it just, it just, because Demolition High was fantastic, you know, like, I don't know if you guys have been listening to the podcast so far, but Trevor and I really enjoy Terabad movies, you know, that cross the line, like, there's a line somewhere that it gets crossed where it's like, this movie is so bad that it's really fun to watch, and I felt like Demolition University didn't quite cross that line. It was, it was close, I think it should, it should have been shorter for sure <laughs> like they really stretched out this random like uh uh story and then like but yeah like I said like demolition high and like you like skyscraper shout out to skyscraper yeah shout out to the greatest uh the greatest movie of the <laughs> I, I feel like those movies are like i don't know they, they it seem like they're trying really hard and like you can see it yeah and i think demolition university has some of that too it just seems it just seems i think the bad guys were terrible and then like they didn't show Corey Haim like he was just like every now and then he would pop up and like run across the screen and be like, "Hey guys, come on, let's watch out!" Yeah, and, and like well, you know, hit hit what's somebody. The deal with, what's the deal with Lenny being? He's a fucking jock all of a sudden, you know? Like in Demi- oh yeah, yeah. Ah, he's like you know like the rebel kid that, that stands up to the jocks and and then in the, the first shot, it's like, is that Lenny? Is he playing football? Like what the fuck? <laughs> it was like Lucas all of a sudden. Lucas like. Like the sequel to Lucas instead. Yeah, like absolutely, it was like <laughs> sequel to Lucas. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about as well in that that section? We talk about Amy Dolan's uh, uh, like like first shot where like we pull up from her legs, yeah, like, down down her down her shirt, 
<laughs> and then up to her as she's getting ready to run. Yeah, that was like she's cool. crouched over, and then <laughs> the shot just goes up from her feet, right down her boobs, and then up to her face. Finally, I'm like, yeah, wow, okay. Well, and I was like, wait a minute, isn't that like a pretty renowned actress? I mean, I guess this is Amy Dolan's before she was Amy Dolan's because I was like, wait a minute, I recognize her. I've, I recognize her from a ton of stuff. What the hell? <laughs> I know. I think this is this is her heyday. I think she's kind of she's kind of terrible. But yeah. I mean, she's. <laughs> I was like, you're kind of like, oh man, yeah. Yeah, but but her dad her she's... dad was one of the monkeys, right? So she's got that going on. Yeah, Mickey, you know the, the funny thing, trivia on that. I've been watching. I found a, a station here that has that plays. The TV show Monkeys on reruns. Right. So I've been taping them and watching them, and they are fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. <laughs> they're like I watched them not too long ago too, and I was like, wow, this is every bit as good, if not better, as whenever I remember watching them as a kid. You know. I was showing them to Leslie, and she wasn't finding them as funny, but she was finding me finding them so funny. Funny, funny, funny. right. <laughs> Because I found my, every every dumb joke, I found hilarious. Yeah, well, <laughs> my like, uh, my, uh, my senior quote in my high school yearbook was a a, a Mickey or a monkeys reference, which like you know whoa, how whoa. whenever you have your senior yearbook, you have like a quote, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is the end for some, but it's also the beginning." And I said, <laughs> I, I said, "Save the Texas Prairie Chicken." Um, <laughs> I don't know which episode is that. Uh, well, it's actually quite a few of the episodes. Like, if you remember, oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, if you if you remember in the monkeys, um, like after the show, it would have like all four of the monkeys, and they would give you like this weird, uh, you know, moral of the story, um, kind mm -hmm. of like knowing is half the battle thing. And then, like right before the sh the show completely closed, Mike would always say, "Peace, love, and save the Texas Prairie Chicken." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that on the. I have only have a few of them. I didn't notice that on those ones. I'll have to go back and watch yeah, them. Yeah, and, and like it's not all of them, but quite quite a few of them. At the very end, Mike always would say, <clears> or would say he would say, save, uh, you know, peace, love, and save the Texas Prairie Chicken." And you know, of course, it was 1993, and nobody had any idea what I was talking about. And people were like, "Dude, your quote is so weird." <laughs> <laughs> Mike's the best because you could tell. Like, I'm always watching him because. He's usually the one who looks like he's having the least amount of fun. Yeah, like, <laughs> like he's always just like, I do not want to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, and and that was the truth. Like I, I think yeah. he's like reunited with them since, but I know that during yeah. like our generations, like whenever they revived the monkeys by showing it on um, MTV, like in the afternoons, that they got together to have a um like a, a big reunion tour, which I actually went and saw. The monkeys was my very first concert ever. In the like the fourth wow, nice. yeah, in the fourth grade, um, <laughs> wow. and it, but it was only uh, Mickey, Peter, and uh, Davy because um, Mike, yeah, Mike yeah. didn't want nothing to do with it, you know. <laughs> I, I remember they had that like the little mini revival, and they had like new albums and everything out. Mm -hmm. I think they even had like some new monkeys TV shows, didn't they? Didn't um, they, some... they had like a couple specials, like a couple new specials, but not like an actual running series like they used to have. But yeah, no, I do remember that because they were playing. They were playing like the hip underground clubs too. Like I remember, I, I might have even been you. Some somebody and I were discussing going to see them at the nine thirty club, which is weird because it's <laughs> like you know, like I'd seen Primus and like freaking like Minor Threat and stuff, Fugazi, that kind of thing at nine thirty club, and like now the monkeys are playing there. <laughs> I don't know if I would be that cool enough to realize that the monkeys would be playing there and that 
it'd be cool to go see them at that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was still trying to be a cool, cool person that didn't like the monkeys. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Cause yeah, the TV was show was cool. awesome, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there was, there was a few, there was definitely a few good parts, but oh, and uh, here's another thing. Okay. Demolition <clears throat> high at least took place in a high school, right? But demolition mm. university takes place at a water treatment facility. <laughs> like what? Uh, and then I thought, <laughs> like, I figured the producers must've been like, yeah, well, we need to make a demolition university to follow the timeline, but we can't really afford to, to rent out a, you know, a university to shoot in or build sets that look like a university. So, um, we'll get this water treatment plant and send him on a field trip. Uh, and there's like no reference to the first movie at all. Like there's no like, Hey, I've dealt with this type of shit before. Like yeah. there was nothing like that. It was, it was just like his one reference, like, my dad's a cop, so I've shot some guns. I was like, is that the only thing that we're going to get from the, right. the sequel? Right. Come yeah, on. He, yeah, he does. <laughs> he goes, hey, is that an AK-47? He's like, what, are you an export on guns? He's like, well, no, my dad's a cop. And he's like, oh, so you must be the man. And, and he could have said, well, I did happen to freaking fight off a bunch of terrorists who had Desert Eagles and AK-47s, and they also freaking detonated a nuclear weapon above my high school. You know, like, that that's something that if, if that happened to me, I would be trying to figure out how to interject that into, like, every conversation. You know? I'd be like, perhaps you've heard of me because it was on the goddamn news. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was yeah. a high school kid who, who foiled a terrorist plot. Yeah, so, I don't know if you've heard of me, but back off. <laughs> like, you know, like people would be like, would you like your fries like regular or extra large? And I'd be like, I stopped a freaking nuclear missile from hitting my high school. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no charge. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I think these fries are free and they're going to be supersized. <laughs> um, I mean, but they had Robert Forrester, which is impressive. Yes, yes, I saw that. Like I was, I was like, oh, dude. Before his right... Before he became like, before like Tarantino resurrected his career, like, yeah, and he was like, he was doing legit work in it. He was like, he he showed up. <laughs> he he, he showed up to play. He certainly he <laughs> certainly did show up to play, and and he was one of the redeeming factors in the acting in the movie. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is, he just he just basically stood in front of the power plant the entire time and just kind of like his hands on his hips and yelled at everybody behind them though. He yeah. never like looked at anybody. Right. <laughs> he was always just like yelling behind. Yeah, no, this definitely, they definitely used all of the uh, guerrilla filmmaking techniques in this one where it was like, well, we could get more cast. We could get more cop cars and stuff, but we'll just like, let that be up to the audience's imagination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they basically use like, you know, the production RV as like the terrorist vehicle. Well, and they here, all jumped into. <laughs> just like why in Winnebago terrorists, like fuck. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I've I came to the conclusion in that too that, like, being trained in firearms and having you know like had experience around guns now has kind of ruined me for some of these movies because like, you know, Corey Haim uses a human shield to stop an AK-47 bullet, and if you recall from another. Uh, another podcast where I was talking about how I have actually personally shot an AK-47 round through an entire car. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, yeah, sure, that could puncture a freaking, you know, like the metal on a freaking gas tank. But this guy will stop that bullet. <laughs> well, every, every every time somebody got shot, it looked like it was like it was just like a paintball. Yeah, like yeah, them. like they couldn't even afford they couldn't even afford real squibs. They were like, well, we'll just use paintball splotches. 
And then, like, I don't know if you noticed, too, but, like, every time there's something, the building at the beginning, well, first of all, the, the opening is basically The Rock. Yeah. Beginning of The Rock as well. Like, like, like shot for shot, like, scene for scene is basically The Rock. Right. <laughs> but when they blow up, when they blow up the, the building at the end, if you notice, it just blows up in front of the building. Yeah. So you just see, like, the fire, like, up in front of the building. building and right. same thing with the power plant. The power plant just, like, there's, like, flames explode in front of it. And it's like, oh, the whole power plant went up. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. But, um, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's like, hey, kudos for you guys, like, not blowing up the building but making it look like it blew up. <laughs> like, right. You know, some was, sweet like low budget techniques. I was watching a, a like a YouTube video of weird movie theories, and this reminded <laughs> me. And and I read, I, I saw a pretty interesting one. I thought it was a cool idea anyway. Was that um, Sean Connery in The Rock was actually James Bond, and that you know James Bond isn't the, a person's real name; it's just a code mm. name for 007, mm. that 007 agent. And so yeah. the theory, I, I guess, the way the theory goes is that. Uh, Sean Connery's James Bond gets retired, and then J Roger Moore takes over as James Bond, and that his mm. you know and that his character goes on to piss off MI6, so they frame him for something and make him stay in Alcatraz, and that's why he's like so good with freaking assault weapons and stuff because really it's retired James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually pretty awesome. That's it, actually it, pretty it good. Is, it is. You should, you should actually, if you're if you got some time, check it out on YouTube because, like, yeah. I know that that's not what the filmmakers like intended or the scriptwriter, the you know screenwriter uh, intended, but it's still pretty awesome because it kind of works, you know. Or well, it was like somebody writing this, like I'm gonna basically make this guy James Bond, but not really, and hopefully maybe we'll get. And probably by then they they had Sean Connery, so it's like oh. So it's like, I'm going to make him basically James Bond, but not James Bond. Because right. I've always wanted to write a James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. Because he pretty much is like old James Bond, you know? Mm. If old James Bond was also um, a fucking inmate convict. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, Demolition You, man. Like, I don't know. Like, man, it's like an hour and 30 minutes, man. Like, at least the half of it was like really like hard to get through like oh it was like, it, it was it, it was, was tough it was tough i had to like i had to keep shutting down reddit and like facebook and like i'm like you know just i'm like okay yeah and i was like oh i'll see what freaking stupid shit my friends are doing like i kept getting really distracted I know. and even with i got distracted yeah, even with really bad movies, generally I can force myself to sit through it. But, like, this one just, like, really had trouble holding my attention. And, like, it started out pretty strong. That's when I texted you. I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. You know, because they were yeah. saying stupid stuff. And, like you said, it had that cool shot with Amy Dolan. So I was like, oh, I'm in for a treat. And then, like, as it went on, I'm like, wait, I'm waiting for stupid, ridiculous shit to happen. And it's just, like, not quite stupid and ridiculous enough. I think we've been spoiled by... um demolition high part one and uh skyscraper like i think skyscraper just set, set the bar way too high for us <clears throat> i think i mean i think so because yeah there was a lot of just standing around like people standing around and like a lot of with the, the bad guys whose plot was just like uh who was it they were, they were trying to get somebody out of jail and it turns out to be the one lady's yeah husband, husband or boyfriend or something yeah and they were like uh, that was another thing. They were like some sort of weird Iraqi terrorist faction, but they, <laughs> it was like a, que a questionably racist organization. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it was a little, a little on the casually racist side. And the weird thing is, like, 
I mean, at the time, Saddam Hussein was still in charge of Iraq. So if like if it was going to be a terrorist organization, it could have been a state-sponsored terrorist organization. Because it's not like we were trying to like save face and not insult Saddam Hussein, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, because all the names were Mo Momad, yeah. like Asid, and like like did you like Aziz? I was like, really? There's other ones you can just kind of like. The, yeah. the four basic ones you, they would come up with would be like the same right. ones you're gonna. <laughs> well, and they didn't even have the decency to like make the dudes religious zealots, you know? Like they could have at least. And I'm pretty sure they all. I'm pretty sure all of them were like Italian too. Yeah, <laughs> there was no, there was no real actual Iraqis <laughs> in this movie. I'm pretty sure the, the credit at the end said like Mohammed was like Tony Riviera. I'm like what? Uh -huh. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was like the security guard guy who kept was like, "Hey, no one gets in here." And then was like, "I kill Americans." I'm like, I don't. Like, what are you from Jersey or from Iraq? I don't understand. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and on a side note, did um, we tell you that me and Pat and Paul went and saw James Ellsworth wrestle live, less than one mile from my house, in high school? Oh no, but. Like no, but Pat sent me the, started sending me pictures. He sent me a bunch of pictures. Yeah, yeah, we went. Um, How was that? It was actually pretty freaking good, man. Um, yeah. Like, I really like Ellsworth's promotion because you know he's from Glen Burnie, Maryland, like right right outside mm. of Baltimore. And before he got contracted with the WWE, he was basically he basically just ran this like local promotion. And now that he's, yeah. now that he's back, he's still running it. Um, but he has way more, way more clout. Like, for example, the last time I saw his promotion, um, the big draw was, uh, Teddy Long, you know, Teddy Long, the manager, <laughs> right. And he was the, he was the big name that was supposed to draw people. And there was like maybe a hundred people in the, um, the gym. Um, but this time the big draw was like Mick Foley and Mark Henry. Uh, and I saw Mark Henry, man, like. Future Hall of Famer Mark Henry. Yeah, like, yeah, Mark Henry crazy. was there, and and it was there was actually a pretty cool moment. Like um, Tony Atlas, who is a mm. WWE Hall of Famer, and he is really old. Like he came out, he came out and wrestled, but he had to have someone help him walk him to the ring, and he had a cane, and it was kind of like, <laughs> oh man, you know. Um, but like he, you know, after the match, um, you know, of course he got he he wins from the assist from Mark Henry, uh, you know, and after the match, he he like uh brought Mark Henry in and said, you know, hey, how about we get a round of applause for, um, you know, recently retired wrestler and future Hall of Famer Mark Henry, you know, and like the whole crowd stood up and gave him this huge standing event, uh, ovation and chanted, you know, thank you, Mark and stuff. And it was, it was a pretty cool moment. Um, but like the thing that I like about James Ellsworth's promotion is all his undercard guys, like all his kind of local wrestlers from around the area, they're all really talented. So, like, mm. the main matches were kind of just like, hey, I'm Mick Foley, and I'm going to stand here at the side of the ring, and we're going to have a really stupid match that only lasts, like, five minutes. Uh, but, like, all the undercard matches were actually, like, really decent matches. So, um, and the runaway one was um, Adam Rose. I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if you know who he is. He was kind of a, had a, a quick run in the WWE. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, him and some un unknown guy had a fantastic, like, match where, you know, you were actually on the edge of your seat and you completely forgot that it was a scripted wrestling <clears throat> match. Um, so that's kind of cool when that happens, you know. Yeah, he was, he was, yeah, he was, like, was it, he had, like, his rosebuds or whatever. And, like, 
he got like busted for like for the fucking drugs, I think, like three times in a row or something. So he got like the three strikes and he was out basically. Um, that's terrible. Man. <clears throat> but the, the thing was too, like there was a docu- the ESPN documentary that followed him before he made it to WWE and NXT, and like his kid like has like I think he has like a thing where like what was it like something is born on the outside of his body like his heart maybe so he's always having surgeries oh wow so he's always having to like pay for those things so you're just like waiting for this guy to like i'm just like rooting for this guy to like you know make it, make it. and then when he does and then he does and then he's the fucking you know yeah and i'd imagine terrible. he'd be around <laughs> a while it's kind of it's kind of wild how you know when i saw him on tv i didn't really think wow that guy's really old but like seeing him up mm. close it's like wow that guy's like He's older than I am, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's. I think he's pretty. He's pretty up there. He's been. He's been doing it for a while, and right. like, he just never got right quite the break. I mean, I, I like. I, I like the whole rose. We had like the groupies and stuff. That was always fun, but like it just never went took off. Yeah, and, and, reason, and it sucks because reason. his his match was definitely the match of the night. Like him and and he was just wrestling, you know, some unknown dude. But they really they really put on a good like a good solid technical wrestling match. Um, which, nice. you know, when you see a guy like I'm 42, I think he's probably a little older than me. I would say he's probably at least 46 or 47. Like when you see mm-hmm. a guy like that old, like put it on, like he's a freaking NXT guy who's just starting out and trying to make an impression. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Who was, I saw Emma was there. How was that? Yes. And Emma's match was also pretty good. She wrestled, a, um, yeah. she wrestled, uh, a girl that was just part of the promotion. Um, but they actually... Mm-hmm had a match, you know, whereas some of the named guys, like the Tony Atlas match was pretty much like, hey, I'm Tony Atlas, this is Mark Henry, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, like that was the, the end of it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Tony Atlas, Tony Atlas was never known for, like, his wrestling skills anywhere. So. No, no, he was more of a bodybuilder. <laughs> and for, like, a 64, 65-year-old man, he's built like a brick shit house. still. Like, he still is a solid yeah. wall. He can't walk. But he's still got muscles like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and then who else? Does, I think I think those, those are the only pictures I saw: McFoley, Emma, and then yeah, James Ellsworth. I like did James Ellsworth wrestle. Did he... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his match, his match was only okay because it was a um, like a six-man tag team with him <clears throat> and uh, Gilbert. And you know, like the unfortunate uh, okay. thing is, is I was really looking forward to that because. Uh, Ellsworth is a good wrestler. He actually does really have a good in-ring work ethic, but I think because... Yeah, I think so, too. I um, think he's pretty good. Yeah, because there were so many people that they, they had to accommodate. Like, they, there mm. was a couple six-man tag teams, and, like, now there was a really good four-man, uh, like, a four-way match with a, a bunch mm. of, like, cruiserweights that was really good, but, it, like, it seemed like you know, they let everybody else do that, and then the final match. He was in Ellsworth was in the main event. That they kind of just were like, okay, let's just do a real quick freaking match. It was only like maybe four minutes long or something, uh, <laughs> and it was kind of anticlimactic after you'd seen quite a few good matches, you know. <clears throat> yeah, and where was it again? But like, where did they Hagerstown, where did they hold it? Uh, South Hagerstown High School Gymnasium. Mm. Yeah, uh, and it was filled to capacity, which is funny because I, I, like I said, I had seen his promotion there um, about eight months ago while he was still in the WWE, and I had a whole mm. like a whole bleacher to myself. Whereas we actually mm. had to like push and shove to get space to sit uh, in this one. Um, yeah, I saw the pictures; they really looked pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, like it was. There was, you know, there was. 
completely full to capacity, probably even past a little capacity. Uh, but that's good. I mean, I, I like seeing when indie wrestling has actually drawn crowds, and, and that means, like, well, hey, it's going to be sustainable. I'll get to see it again if if they're having this, you know? Yeah, because it's probably basically, like, from uh, match, like, basically, like, event to event, <laughs> if they're going to do it or not. Right, right. Which um, is cool. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. We haven't even talked. We're coming up on a half hour, and we haven't even really mentioned Die Hard. So I feel like maybe we should, <laughs> we should at least bring that up. Although it's kind of like, what is there to say? Like, it's obviously a masterpiece. Um, and, you know, everybody... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to, like, revisit. And, like, halfway, like, I'm, like, you know, after all these movies, to kind of revisit why we're doing, like, comparing them to Die Hard. And when you watch Die Hard, I think you, like... Um, you take uh oh, what the fuck I, I can't speak this morning <laughs> you, 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 uh, you take for granted how good die hard is and like what it's right. doing right and and instead of just instead of, instead of just like uh nailing it down to like one log line it's oh it's you know it's whatever and uh, whatever yeah blank and a blank well, and you- it's it's like a really good like movie written well acted well shot well fucking bruce willis like I feel like Bruce Willis doesn't get enough credit for Die Hard right. working. Because um, when you watch like Demolition U, you're like, um, he's Corey Haim's okay, but he's no he's no fucking Bruce Willis. In, right, right. In the, and in the Willis, top of the game. And, and you know, and that mo- I don't think that movie, uh, or I don't think Die Hard would have been so successful without Bruce Willis. Like if they had put, mm. uh, you know, Stallone, Stallone in there, wouldn't have worked. Or, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger wouldn't have worked. Dolph Lundgren, like maybe because it's Dolph Lundgren, it would have worked. Um, but it would have worked in our sense where we would have liked it because it was cheesy and awful, you know. Whereas yeah, yeah. with Bruce Willis, he really lends a lot of legitimacy to it because he does such a good job of kind of being that like soft-spoken, like total badass um, without having to tell anybody that he's a total badass, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's just like the classic, basically the classic everyman, I guess you could say, because he's, yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, he's, he's not like he is now, because in fucking, I think we brought it up last time, but Death Wish, he's, he's fucking terrible, and like, he's terrible anymore, like, he's not good, well, he, he just like, he comes and shows up and like, just like, looks stoic and then says some lines and then collects well, the fucking paycheck and is out. You know, I think, I think all of the, the rumors about how, how hard he is to work with, and how he's super, you know, egotistical, and I'm always right and stuff. I think that's really starting to show on screen. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and he's just he's just not buying it because that what that, the whole everyman thing in his early movies, and especially like I don't know if you ever watched Moonlighting where he got his start. Like he was so fantastic in that because he was really yeah. really relatable. Um, whereas he's not relatable anymore. You like you think, oh, if I met this guy in a bar. I would have to fucking leave, you know. Um, and yeah, was he the one? Was he the one that kicked off the Expendables? Yes. Mm-hmm. For wanting too much money for like, like they were like for like the sequel or something. They were like, oh, the sequel. I want like one million. And they're like, no, we're good. And yeah, just like, they're didn't like, even you're, like, you're not that important. He also there was a I can't remember which Woody Allen movie it was, but he was also supposed to be in a Woody Allen movie, and Woody Allen just mm-hmm. like stopped production and fired him and said, you're not that important to this project, and hired a. Uh, Steve Carell instead. 
Oh, it was the Cafe Society. Cafe yeah, Society, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I was reading about it, when I was watching it, like I was reading about it, and it said that, you know, that it, it took longer because they filmed like a couple, a, you know, a good chunk mm -hmm. of it, and he started being a dick, and Woody Allen was like, look, man, <laughs> you know, that may get, get you may get away with that some places, but I could give a shit who you are, and I'll just hire somebody else. Yeah, it's always so funny because, like, he's used to, like, when he first came up, he was known for, like, being clever and, like, with the quips and like lots of like like having lots of dialogue and lots of clever witty dialogue but now he's just like he says some shitty lines and then shoots somebody it's like that's that's not yeah. the bruce willis that that was cool you know yeah that's not the that's not the bruce willis <laughs> that made himself into bruce willis you know uh for sure and now one thing i would like to say is that i really watched it again and i was like wow this really is a christmas movie like i know how that's kind of become a meme the last few years every christmas it's like oh you gotta watch die hard it's the best christmas movie ever and i always thought like it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing but watching it with the with the perspective that it's a christmas movie like it really is a christmas movie you know like there's there's all kinds <clears throat> of stuff that happens that happens in christmas movies you know <clears throat> Like the, the whole the whole point is him. He's coming to visit them for Christmas. Christmas, right? Like I th like I think in the book it was like New Year's and like it was his daughter and blah blah blah. Which I don't think New Year's is as good. Like, but Christmas is like yeah, it's like family. So he's been going to see his family. So it's I think it makes perfect sense. It's a Christmas movie and they Christmas music throughout and like I don't right. know, I think it's Christmassy. It's it's just, it's just funny. It's Christmas in like California, so there's no like he makes the joke. It's no snow and shit like that, but. It's still a fucking Christmas movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like there's two kinds. Like we said, I think last week, there's two kinds of people: people who think Die Hard's a Christmas movie, yeah, and there's people, people who are wrong. wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think I'm gonna have to end up watching it again this Christmas. I I really did enjoy it, and I love Argyle. Argyle's awesome. You know, like his black car driver. Like he's so fantastic in it. You know, like he's like, I got you, homeboy. If you're freaking. You know, if your if your wife's not gonna take you back, I'll just wait here and you call me. And it's like, dude, that's a hell of a limo driver. He's gonna just like hang out. And then of course you find out he, he's using it as an excuse to try and use the limo to pick up chicks. But that's okay, you know. That's like that's just what what Argyle's gonna do, you know. Well, here's another question too. Since we bring it up one in a couple of these, is like, is Die Hard any sort of like, is there any sort of casual racism in Die Hard? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I, I actually don't think so. I, don't I think, think it's there actually really is. I don't really think there is casual, and especially like in, yeah. in the '80s when that was kind of like still a thing. There really isn't a whole lot of uh, casual racism no. in it. You know, the the computer genius is a black guy, and it doesn't make an issue that the computer genius is a black dude. Like even now, it would be like. Oh, you're the black dude. You're not supposed to be smart. You know, yeah, whatever. You know, you know what I mean? Like in this one, it's just like, yeah, the black dude's the guy who's the computer genius and we're not going to like make it like a thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like Argyle, there's nothing uh, like stereotypical about Argyle really, I don't think. He's no. like, he's a super nice dude who's just yeah. driving the limo. To, yeah, yeah it's like... he's just, he's just cool. You know, he's got his back and then, you know, and, and then we got um the family matters dude is in it, you know, and he, now he is a little like the stereotypical chubby, like almost retired cop, uh, but yeah. you know, like it's not actually racist. He's, they're just they're just making him the stereotypical like chubby, like oh, I'm all, I'm two weeks from retirement. You know, I don't know if he actually says that, but that's the impression you get from him. Um, yeah, well, it, well, his deal is like he doesn't. He's he's a he's a desk like he's like he doesn't pull his gun. Right. He's, he's kind of like a scary cop. He shot a kid. Yeah. Which is, 
sad. So. Right, it was sad for him. Um, you know, but, but then, then he sh- that you know that just sh- makes him so much more relatable. That's right, as as Twinkie fetish. Yeah, and his Twinkie <laughs> fetish, and you know the scene of this, like, and I, like I haven't seen something that that has mastered like the intensity of the scene where you know Hans Gruber realizes that he's barefoot. So he shoots out all the windows and freaking, you know, Bruce Willis yeah. has to run across the freaking, or I'm sorry, John McClane has to run across the freaking broken glass. Like, that is such an awesome, you know, just an awesome movie in film, or awesome moment in film, period, let alone, you know, in Die Hard. <clears throat> and also, it's actually kind of funny, too, because he's like, speaks German to the one guy, and, he, and the guy just like, looks at him, and he's like, shoot the glass. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. Cool, man. That's why it's called Die Hard on a Podcast. Yep. Not Demolition You on a Podcast. Yeah, no. Or, or, or not, sky, <laughs> not Skyscraper on a podcast because, uh, yeah, that would be one. And, um, it could be, but. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I want to rec- make a recommendation for next week. Do you have uh, Netflix? I do not. Okay. Um, I well, just, I was, uh, was... there was a new movie that came out on, um, Netflix called game over man. And it's the guys from, um, the show, uh, workaholics. It's those three guys. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the whole, the whole thing is a spoof of diehard. Like it's easily the most diehard like movie I've seen in a long time because it is, mm-hmm literally them making fun of die hard or like them making uh, okay. like they're making a comedy based on die hard you know i can get that i can get netflix for a month i mean it's like nine bucks or whatever so. right well that's cool well, we'll we'll see i just thought like i was like oh man this movie would be great for the podcast because it's actually die hard but like a comedy of die hard you know like if, oh man, you know, yeah, yeah. If if Die Hard was a comedy with the three guys from Workaholics, is basically what that is. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll, um, I'll see if I can get. I'll see, I'll see if I can get Netflix, and then we'll yeah. Yeah. We'll go from there. Sweet. So, oh, man. So all right. Uh, anything else? I can't really think of anything else. Unfortunately, Demolition You. It's just. It's one of those things that it just. You know, it just doesn't stand up against Demolition High, and especially doesn't stand up against Die Hard. But more so, when you compare it to Demolition High, like Demolition High is definitely the more fun of the two movies. You know, there's a freaking high school that gets attacked with a nuclear weapon. You know, that's hard to top. It's really hard to top. Yeah, there wasn't much going on with Curry Haim because he didn't have his dad there to argue with every five minutes. So. Right. Yeah, we didn't have Alan Thick up in the mix. Um, <laughs> sadly, sadly. Yeah, and I'd like to take a moment to honor Corey Haim, who was a fantastic actor. There's, you know, just because he made this one doesn't mean that he's not a fantastic actor, and it doesn't take away from his legacy of being like awesomely strung out. You know. <laughs> and, and those are the, the opinions of Tim and Tim only. Uh, just in that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So. Those aren't the, the thoughts of the, the podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.